Gonzaga Nation SI, the first week of the NCAA tournament, we're bringing you a little bit of a foreshadowing of what we are expecting Gonzaga to see in one of their games this week. We're imagining that they've gotten by Georgia State. Uh, so we're going to give you an early look at both Boise State and Memphis uh, out of the American Athletic Conference. But before we do that, we want to say thank you to our sponsor of this week's show, One Tree Cider. Go check out their Mojito canned drinks. Uh, you can check them out at Yolks. You can get it at Total Wine. They've got a tasting room downtown. Uh, I'm sure come summertime with the Spokane heat, these mojitos are going to be flying off the shelves. Uh, so thank you to our sponsor this week, One Tree Cider. Uh, Mo, let's get into it. First week of the NCAA tournament. We're obviously expecting Gonzaga to beat Georgia State, but we're going to look at Boise State and Memphis a little bit. Before we do that, a freshman going into the NCAA tournament, you've never experienced being a part of this big of an event. What type of jitters do you have in game one, and do those go away a little bit and you become more comfortable in game two? I think, uh, yeah, my first experience was in Seattle when we were two seed that uh, year we got upset by Nevada in the second round. Um, so, you know, I, I did have some jitters. Um, I think we played Valpo that year, Valparaiso. And so like, you know, we were a little bit uh, nervous as a crew, I guess, but <clears throat> we were ready to, to play. So for me, I know this sounds cliche. I wasn't really too worried about it. I, I, I always tried to make sure that, you know, my, my nerves were the same for every game. I know there was a little bit more, but it wasn't anything, um, you know, debilitating or anything like that. So then the second game, I think you could argue that the nerves might be a little bit more because the pressure's higher. So um, for me, you're going to have some nerves, but if you're a gamer and you're obviously a division one athlete, you went to a, a big time program. Uh, they shouldn't be as evident as other people would think. You know, you mentioned that Valpo and the Nevada games in, in Seattle at the old key arena uh, that jogged my memory a little bit. I was at that Nevada game and I remember, uh, you know, Blake step struggling a little bit in that game. I remember you gave him a little bit of a spark, uh, which you tended to do to coming off the bench that game, but it was, uh, it was really the first year. I think Gonzaga had a true high seed and there were expectations uh to go deep in the ncaa tournament um and then on my experiences i remember very similarly to you that first game as a freshman you just kind of if you have that gamer mentality you talk about you just go out and let it fly you know i think i hit two threes in the first half of, of uh university of washington um versus xavier the second round game you were exactly right i had that same thought we win we go to the sweet 16 and and I didn't play quite as much. I didn't play quite as good in that second game. But uh, you're right. You kind of start thinking about the what ifs a little bit once that game gets going. Uh, we advanced my freshman year to the Sweet 16. Um, but enough about the UW Huskies in, in 1998. Nobody wants to hear about them uh, because this is Gonzaga Nation SI. But moving to the two potential opponents for Gonzaga in the second round in Portland this year. You look at Boise State out of the Mountain West, Mountain West Conference uh, League champs, conference tournament title champs, and the Memphis Tigers out of the American Athletic. Um, give me a little bit about 
what you see from either team and do you think who do you think is going to win and what matchup will, might be best for Gonzaga? Well, first of all, we got to congratulate, you know, Leon Rice, former assistant coach at uh, Gonzaga, um, friend of the program, uh, coached me. I, th- I believe he coached you as well. Just yeah. awesome uh, dude. And, you know, he's had <clears throat> some good success there, but it's nice to, you know, he's kind of gone here and then it plateaued. Now he's taken another step with his crew. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy for him. But then also I like to throw this out here. Nobody likes to play your buddies. So like when I saw that in the second round, I was uh, kind of like, oh man, that's not cool from a personal standpoint for Coach View and Leon. Um, Cause you want to have success, but you don't want to uh, like play your friends. I mean, it, it sounds funny, but it's not, not a fun situation. And then you know each other's tendencies and then you start thinking about, well, I know what his kids can kind of do so I can mess with, you know what I mean? You get into some funny business uh, type of deals. Um, so, I mean, that's an interesting second round matchup. They, they're they a very good defensive team. They're not terrific at scoring. Obviously, they, they did enough this year to be, um, you know, really successful. Um, but if you look at some of their games, they're in the high 50s, low 60s. I think they like to play at a slower pace. They have a fantastic freshman in Tyson Dagenhart from Spokane that played at Mount Spokane High School. Um, you know, is having a great year, averaging about 11 points a game as a true freshman, playing heavy minutes. Um, and then Memphis is kind of your wild card, um, you know, a bunch of athletes, young team that kind of probably doesn't know what, what the stakes are and just going to go play. You know what I mean? One of those situations. And Penny Hardaway has done an excellent job of trying to turn that program around and getting guys to, to buy in. And so to me, the, the better matchup, if I was being honest, would probably be Boise State. And that's not a knock. It's just on personnel-wise. Memphis has more potential NBA players, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if I was just going on that, it would just be on the personnel side, not coaching, not anything else. So, but like I said, it I hope Boise State's wins for Leon's success. And then after that, it's it's not cool that you have to play your buddies. Yeah, no, exactly right. As far as Memphis, they were an interesting team because I think they were preseason top 12 or so because they had some really good uh, freshmen, uh, Imani Bates, but he kind of uh, stepped away from the season. And really when that happened, uh, Memphis kind of took off. They had a, they've got a young big Jalen Duran, who's probably going to be a top eight, top 10 pick. He graduated high school early, kind of similar to what Ben Gregg did a year ago uh, to be able to kind of get his eligibility clock started for the NBA draft. So um, he's gotten better as the course of the season has gone on. But I would agree with, with that, that their athletes are going to give Gonzaga or would give Gonzaga a little bit more problems and issues than Boise State's athletes. That being said, Boise State's got some good athletes with size and length on the wing, uh, Abu Kijab and Emmanuel Acott, um, which I think those would be the guys that would give Gonzaga problems if there's that matchup. Their big fella on the inside, Armouche, um, you know, he is a absolute bruiser. I think physically he would do a lot of what St. Mary's had success with against uh, Timmy is, is be physical early, and then he pounds the offensive glass. They've got a, a big-time closer in Marcus Shaver. If the game is close, the ball is going to be in his hands. I think he hit three game winners in conference play this year. And then you mentioned Degenhart, the kid from Spokane. What a cool story. Freshman of the year. 
you know, as any kid grows up growing up in Spokane, similar to you, you grow up wanting to be a Gonzaga Bulldog. Uh, very few guys were able to realize that dream. The next best thing would to be a play against Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament. And he's got that opportunity. Um, it, it will be a lot of fun if that game comes to fruition. Now, there's a reason, as you mentioned, Coach Few and Leon have never played. There's a reason the Gonzaga-Arizona game was canceled this year with Tommy. Uh, what type of, you know, jitters or frustrations do you think um, would go through the winning coach in consoling the losing coach in, in that situation? Uh, that's that's the great uh wonder i guess like because it's like you, you want to be excited that you won and obviously it's the ncaa tournament and it's um you know it ups ups your stature as a as a coach professionally and monetarily i mean there's a lot of things that go into winning ncaa tournament games your conference gets more money but then also you don't want to do it to your buddy who might you know it might set their program back or what have you so like it's just not a fun situation to be in i don't i don't think um you know obviously the ncaa doesn't know that and they don't have to do that uh, for our benefit, but like you said, that's why Gonzaga never played uh, Boise State. That's why you know we when Jackaletti was at Drake or whatever, we never played Drake. You know, you can go down the line like it's not fun playing your buddies. Um, so it's interesting uh, uh, ponderance that's going to happen if they do play each other. What type of secrets, like scheme wise, do they know about each other or tendencies? Yeah. It's more like tendencies. Like okay. You know, Fiwi likes to run this OB in a certain situation. I, I showed him the OB 10 years ago, right? I mean, that's a real, <laughs> yeah. it's a real possibility. I mean, so it's just interesting. I'm And like I said, I'm happy for Tommy and I'm happy for Leon. It's just like, oh, I hope they don't have to play each other. So it'll be interesting to see Boise State Memphis game and see who pans out in that, uh, that second round matchup. You're going to be calling the game on radio, the games down in Portland uh, with your normal radio buddy, uh, Tom Hudson. I'm going to be calling all the games in Portland on Westwood One Radio. So I've got to prepare for all uh, eight teams, all six games that will happen. Besides the game that you're calling and the prep work that you do, how much time do you stay at the arena just to enjoy watching NCAA tournament basketball? Uh I mean, we have an hour post game show, so at least an hour. <laughs> and, and, and then after when Huddy wants to get the, the, the equipment put in the bag, so I kind of sit there and watch. Uh, but it is cool because obviously, you know, we're on press row or whatever, so you're right there. And even to see the warm ups and then usually the start of the second game or the game after whatever it may be happens. And it's it's pretty cool to be there right up close and, um, you know, a lot of times there's good traveling fans, so the crowds get into it. And, um, yeah, it's the cool experience. I always like doing it. You always see you run into other people in the business, too, that you see every year. You know what I'm saying? Say what up to people. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just uh, happy to be a part of it and, you know, excited for these games because I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for this group to have a good crowd behind us and a good, ge you know, geographically and then to get some momentum going, hopefully, and then we can get to San Francisco and it's kind of the same situation where it's easy for our fans to get down there. But like I said, that Boise State Memphis second round is going to be tough. Yeah, that, that's going to be a, a really fun game for me to call. I'm sure for a lot of Gonzaga fans to watch is that Boise State Memphis game. Uh, and then it's going to be a great second round. But uh, let's get to our 
Question of the day. This is brought to you for, by Epic Sports Bar at Northern Quest Casino. The madness is here and bigger than ever at Epic Sports Bar with food and drink specials, prize giveaways, and more all tournament long. Grab your bracket and post up at the best tournament spot in town. Details at northernquest.com. And our question today, Adam, comes from L-Town Zag. This came through on Twitter. He asks, what's the process like and potentially which coach focuses on the basic mechanics of a player's shot when they go through a major adjustment? And then he adds, thinking of Brandon Clark's jumper, for example. Um, I guess I'll go first, and then if you have anything to add to it. Um, yeah, they did make some tweaks and adjustments to Brandon Clark's jump shot when he was uh, at Gonzaga. Uh, Brian Michelson, if I remember correctly, was the coach that really worked and focused on on some mechanical pieces uh, of his shot. Um, you know, when I look at this year's team, you can see adjustments that have been made in Hunter Salas's jump shot from when you saw highlights in high school till now. Um, but the most of that work, as far as tweaking and adjustments, happens in the off season. Once you get you know deep into fall practice, you're not wanting to mess with anything. Um, uh, to kind of put a second thought or a doubt in, in a player's mind. What's your experience with that, Adam? What do you see? Well, I think, yeah, not uh, putting doubt into kids' minds is, is a big, it's, you know, it's an important thing to do, especially to shoot with confidence during the season. So I'm always weary of, we got to change your shot. It's like, well, let's wait till the off season. So there's no repercussions if it goes haywire. Um you know, and I think that when you get to this level, I think the biggest thing for me is, can you get your shot off in time? That's step one. If you can't get it off, I don't, it doesn't matter what what tweaks we do, or if that's the reason why you're not shooting well, then that's where we need to make the tweak. Um, and then it's, it's literally sometimes for me, it's small adjustments. Like, you know, if you're short on a jump shot, you need to tilt your head forward a little bit. So, you're, you know, your, your body naturally lands forward. Sometimes it's just arc. Is it coming off your palm or is it coming off your fingertips? What's the rotation look like on the basketball? I mean, it's literally simple things like that. And then a lot of times if you can just get a, a kid confident in their jump shot, I mean, you know how it is. If you're not confident, um, it's tough to perform. But if you're confident, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I played with guys that had weird looking jump shots. I mean, it's not even be funny on the, on the yeah. question. It's like, I remember Kevin Martin in the league that played oh, yeah. for Sacramento for all those years and he shot on the side, like went in, got it off. Like, so I'm always, I'm always tell uh, parents that ask me for when I coach AAU and even some of the Gonzaga kids, like if you can get it off in time and it goes in, like, I don't really care what it looks like, honestly, like it, it doesn't matter. Um, so I think during the season, you can just make small tweaks, but if you're doing a total overhaul, you got to wait till after the season. Yeah, I, I agree for an offseason if it's a total overhaul. I think the biggest thing for me to see in watching somebody shoot it is how consistent can they repeat that exact form. If it looks different every single time, you've yeah. got major flaws that need fixing. If it looks the same, the release point is similar, uh, then the fix is going to be much easier. Uh, I would imagine your dad was the one who worked on, on your shot growing up because he was a tremendous coach uh in his own right but uh is that who worked on your jumper yeah no I used to sling mine too from the side um and then but when I was younger so like my release point would still be where it was but if it came from below but 
you know, my dad always said like, it doesn't matter because it's a strength issue. So like a lot of times to me, youth coaches, um, you know, move the pocket too high too early. It's like, Hey, if they have to kind of gunsling it, as long as it's coming off their hand, good, then you move the pocket up later. Cause like, if you look at like Steph Curry shot, you he probably was gunslinging it when he was a kid. Right. You know what I mean? But it, it came off soft and it got to a certain point. And now it's like, okay, when he gets older, like just move your pocket up because you're stronger and that's all you have to do. So, um, you know, I was lucky enough to obviously have a, a father who coached and understood that. But like, I, sometimes I see some youth coaches like, no, it needs to be right here. It's like, well, they're, they're eight years old, man. They can't, yeah. they can't shoot from there, you know? So it's okay if it comes from the hip and then gets to that point. Um, so yeah, everybody's got their own philosophies. There's more, more than one way to skin a cat, you know, especially with shooting. But for me, it's like, Hey, if you can get it off in time and like you said, release points, pretty much the same. It looks the same. Go with it. You know, we could talk about that uh, over and over again, the, the discrepancies of how the game is taught. I think the, the European model for teaching skills is better than the U.S. model. Uh, but that's a whole other podcast that we can do in the offseason at some point. Um, so for our two sponsors today, Epic Sports Bar, Northern Quest Casino, One Tree Cider. Thanks for listening. Check out Adam on the regional radio call i'll be on the national call if you can't quite get in front of a tv and watch the zags in the ncaa tournament there is no better time of year adam and i looking forward to bringing you some updates next week when gonzaga advances so for gonzaga nation si he's adam morrison i'm dan dickow